Hello and welcome to the PacMag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Welcome back to the PacMag Parents Podcast. I'm Bree James and on today's episode, we're going to be focusing on being kind to animals. Now, because it's Be Kind to Animals Week this October, I had the opportunity to chat with the founder and director of Edgar's Mission, Pam, and and her animal behaviorist, Shay Holden, about why it's important for us humans to be kind to animals, as well as what different behaviors mean from different animals as well. So let's get them on Zoom. It's time to get to class. So tell me, Shay, what animals have you worked with as an animal trainer and management professional? Uh, Well, I've been really fortunate over the years. I started off my career, um, I studied in America and did the Exotic Animal Training and Management Program uh, and got an Associate Science degree in um, Exotic Animal Training and Management and I specialised in wildlife education. So that opened up a lot of doors for me and I have worked with um, bears, a number of different bear species like polar bears, uh, Asiatic black bears, sun bears, brown bears. Um, I've worked with big cats, a number of different big cats uh, and elephants. I've worked with marine mammals, um, pigs and dogs. I mean, you know, I've been really fortunate over the years and uh, it's been such a journey for me. So you must have experienced lots of different things working with such a range of animals. Can you tell me um, what working with so many different animals has taught you? Because obviously, you know, they're like little humans in a way. Um, they've got their own personality. And um, tell me more about what it's taught you working with such amazing animals. Well, the one thing really that, because um, I worked with such a vast, you know, array of different animal species and they're all really different. So working, you know, with an elephant than you with a bear or a bird. So um, even though they're all very, very different animals, one of the one things that it has taught me over the years is that um, I... In tr- the way you work with animals and how you treat them is actually um, essentially the same across all species and all animals. So uh, when I've worked with um, all the different animals, I'm always ensuring that I use what we call positive reinforcement techniques. And what that means is just that you are um, you're making it rewarding, enjoyable. Um, all your interactions are positive for the animals as well as for you. Um, but in giving them a choice in wanting to be there. And I find that that has... Um, been amazing and what uh, what animals will give back to you when you work with them in that way and to be honest it doesn't matter what animal you're working with they all respond the same way when you treat them with respect and with kindness and uh, and you work with them in a positive way it's the same with children realistically right and other humans I think the more positive that we are and that positive reinforcement that really makes a difference Um, so obviously there's a lot of benefits um, with treating animals with kindness. Um, and you just mentioned there that obviously, you know, with your training of them and things like that, mm-hmm. that's been uh, a fabulous outcome. But what other benefits are there in us treating animals with kindness? Uh, well, there's always a number of benefits. And, um, and one, of the, one of the biggest things for me, um, having worked with, you know, big animals like elephants and big cats and so forth, is that I find that... Um, when you're working with animals and treating them with respect and kindness, is that they will all you will build up a really strong bond with them um, and a rapport, and uh, and you'll be able to work with them a lot more reliably, and they will want to be there. Um, 
they were always, no matter what you, if you invest uh, in treating animal well and, um, and being very um, reliable and positive with them, they will give you tenfold back um, what you invest with them. And I'll actually give you um, a really a quick story with an elephant that I worked with um, that had previously had some negatives um, in his life and I was teaching him a number of new, what we call husbandry behaviours, which is basically teaching him um, to present certain parts of his body so I can look after him properly, like trim his feet, uh, his nails, uh, and, um, you know, maybe take blood just like we need to for our health and well-being over the years, you know, we might have to take blood. And I was, I was teaching him a new behaviour and he... Um, he did so he had like a light bulb moment because we're working on a lot of body language here too with these animals so he realized something that I wanted and I was um so excited and I wanted to give him what we call a jackpot so I gave him all of his you know it's a lot of food rewards I gave him all of his food rewards in a big jackpot and it was surrounding him he took one piece and put it behind his tusk didn't even eat it and left all the rest and then he came back to me and um, and that was a real, and he ignored all the food rewards. So he wasn't there for the food rewards. He was there for the interaction and the learning. And he um, it taught me a lot actually because that just shows how much um, if you make it positive and, uh, and the learning aspect of it as well when they're working with you, they really do enjoy it. And that showed me, it was so heartwarming to see that he was like, I'm not here for the food, I'm here to be this. I want to be here. I want to interact with you. I like this learning experience this is really enjoyable you know for me so he could at any time walk away so and he didn't he chose to be there and that's um and that's just an example of how you know how you treat animals is what they will give back to you have you had any other experiences of animals treating you with kindness because honestly I wanted to be a vet I love animals and you know I think you know there's some extraordinary interactions that I've had over my lifetime but I've never been as close as you have been to so many amazing animals so if you, can you share any other uh, amazing acts of kindness that you've experienced from other animals? You know, uh, I could probably go on and tell you hundreds of stories but um, you know animals are always showing us kindness uh, and when you think about it too where um, they will they're trusting us so they're giving us part of themselves every time we work with them. Um, and I just find that uh, even like if there's someone, um, people are working with, with pets even or dogs that, that they may not know, you know, animals give you um, signs and signals all the time. They're trying to communicate with us all the time. So um, even them, they let us know when they're enjoying something. They'll even let us know if they're a little bit uncomfortable um, and um, they, will, they will always come back to us. They're very loyal uh, and I'm finding that um, over the years that the fact that they're even giving us, they're trying to communicate with us all the time and letting us know how they feel about certain things. So that could be whether they're you know, a little bit apprehensive about something or whether they're really um, enjoying it or happy about something and you know, they let you know. And uh, they're always, uh, you know, when you hear about where there's been some, uh, it's us, the humans that make the mistakes. So when there's accidents and things that happen out there, you know, that is, that is our fault. You know, animals are always trying to give us warnings to say, hey, you know, I'm not quite comfortable about this. So it's whether we can understand understand that and be respectful of it. But um, I can tell you a, a, a story with a, a dog actually myself that I, I rescued from the pound when I was in Queensland um, many years ago. And um, she was, you know, a, a fabulous, fabulous dog. And after, um, so I had her for about one week. After that, she... Um, 
uh, when she was in a movie, um, did a movie cameo with Olivia Newton-John many years ago. And then um, a few months after that, she went on to do, um, over the course of her life, 20 TV commercials. And something that she uh, thoroughly enjoyed, she was a, a dog, an unwanted dog, but she really thrived on, um, on the interaction and meeting all these people. She got to travel throughout Queensland. And those commercials that we did over the years um, helped fund my trips over to um, China where I was able to help um, with rescue bears from the bear bile um, farming industry. So um, that is a gift that my dog Tally had given me. So if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't have been able to start that journey in going um, to do rescue work um, in some of these countries that really, really need some help. Uh, and it was through the work that she was doing with me that allowed me to do that. And, and really, I owe my career to, to Tally, my dog. So, um, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. So you've got any tips or advice, I guess, for parents listening that either one, their child wants to be, um, you know, a trainer or work in a zoo one day, um, or two, they need to train their own pet um, and might need some help and tips on how to get the best out of their pet. Well, the one thing I would say is to, um, you know, there's a lot of different programs out there where you can learn about animals. And I, I teach some Cert 3 um, classes myself um, with zookeepers um, across Australia and I do a lot of workshops overseas and, and teach keepers or people who are working with animals um, how to work with them, you know, with, you know, using positive reinforcement and, um, and building rapport with animals, which is the number one thing before you think about, oh, I want to do all this stuff with animals, is building that um, trust and rapport is fundamental um, with working with animals. Um, and there's so much you can you can do. Um, it's learning, I guess, what you know, what your passion is, what you'd like to to do. How would you like to give back? I found in my career, I started off working with uh, you know in the film and TV industry and zoos and wildlife parks, and then I um, geared my my career towards rescue and rehab work because I really wanted to give back um, to the animals and and even. You think that you may not be able to do, you know, just one person doing one thing may not, you know, do a tremendous amount, but it really is. Um, you can actually make a tremendous difference to that one animal that you work with. So um, I would just say to um, to look at all the different programs that are out there, um, to always um, think about animals. Put yourself in their shoes, in the animal's shoes, and then they'll give you a really good understanding of how, how they're feeling. So thinking, why is the animal not, or why is the dog not responding the way I want them to? Think, well, put yourself in their shoes and just think, look around you, what's what's happening in the environment? So it's just building, I guess, more awareness of, um, of how animals feel. Uh, there's plenty of things that we're actually doing too um, in this week ahead with the Be Kind to Animals uh, week. So I would definitely encourage people to um, to have a look at some of the programs uh, and charities out there like Animals Australia and, of course, Edgar's Pam, Edgar's Mission, and um, and have a look at the, uh, the, the, if you join up with the uh, Make a Pledge for the Be Kind Animals Week, there's about 21 tips that you've got in, uh, in the kit that comes out and little things that you can do to help animals. Um, just in your everyday. So um, I hope there are a lot, lot more animal professionals in the making out there and, um, and I've inspired a couple of people today, hopefully. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to get Pam on to talk about those 21 tips uh, for kindness that you mentioned uh, then, Shay. But thank you so much uh, for inspiring the future zookeepers and future trainers and for people in general to, I guess, treat animals more with kindness. Uh, but let's talk about those 21 steps to kindness. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more, Pam, about those? 21 Steps of Kindness, actually, it's a really, really fun um, activity to get. There's a little kindness kit uh, that's got all the steps there that's online and we can also send them out to people. And it just starts from uh, ditching plastic, which is a really, really important one because we often think about when it's kindness actually physically doing something and interacting with an animal, but there are so many other ways. For example, plastic is an enormous problem in our society. It's entering our, our waterways. It's actually being consumed by animals. And it's actually harming them. So by simply not using plastic or making sure that you dispose of properly, that's a really easy way that we can uh, help animals. And sharing posts on social media that uh, even just pictures of animals is just really endearing them the more we see animals the more that we're curious about them we'll be kind to them and learn about who they really are leaving water out for wildlife and, and here in Australia we're just about to enter our hottest part of the year and our birds are really struggling and just leaving water out for them to have a, a drink and even a little insect so that's really a lovely fun thing to do um, there's lots of petitions that go around and really having using your voice to speak up for animals who people often refer to animals as being voices, but they're not. They're speaking to us all the time. And if you can't hear them, listen with your heart using your voice to make sure that their voices are really heard. Signing petitions is a great way, you know, letting your politicians and decision makers to know that animals count. Saying no to entertainment that exploits animals. We you know, the Years ago that we didn't think about, we'd go to um, some places and facilities, even rodeos, that, you know, doing terrible things to animals. We didn't think about what the animal was getting out of it. So encouraging people to think about those things to reporting animal abuse. If you see cruelty, speak up. You may be the only person who is a lifeline for that animal having a better life. So really, really do that. Donating to charities. It mightn't be financially, it might be volunteering. That's a great way we can help. And enrichment, making sure your animals in your care have fun things to do. We go off in our life and we do all sorts of things during the day. And sometimes they're at home with, with so few things to do. And one of the really, really cool things that I find, there's so many things out there that we can, toys and activities we can buy for our pets. And we're getting them for our farmed animal friends as well. Um, and they're really, really enjoying them libraries if you're like me you love books be well read go to the library get some books out share them with family and friends that's a great way to learn more about them and even just things like having you know rescue kits in your car um, we travel around um, in country victoria having um, a spray paint a can of red paint you know if we come across wildlife we can move them to the side of the road we might have blankets to cover injured animals till someone can get there to help or cover those animals to ferry them to vets and clinics to people who can help them Thinking about what you're eating is a really, really huge statement about being kind to animals. We can shop kind. When we go and buy things, and this is one of my first forays into kindness for animals, was actually looking at um, products that weren't tested on animals. I've got toothpaste, one here and one there. Both clean my teeth, but one's tested on animals and one's not. By choosing the one that's not tested on animals, I can make an enormous statement about the world I want to live in. Fundraisers, we can do fundraisers to uh, raise funds from family and friends to donate to charities that we, we care deeply about. And writing letters to our members of parliament is, and local newspapers, because you'll often find when you do these things, other people will be inspired by your kindness as well. And letting other people know that you care. And the next one is a really, really important one, is that checking on elderly neighbours. 
you know, we forget that we are a part of the animal kingdom and they may have no one out there to look at them. So that's a great step as well. Planting trees in your garden, making habitat for wildlife, joining uh, advocacy groups in your community, finding out like-minded people. It doesn't mean one plus one doesn't equal two. When we come together with others, one plus one can equal so much more. So joining forces with like-minded people is a great way to do that. Um, organising cleanups in your local area, whether it's a beach or, or public roads, that's great. Um, the other day I actually stopped to check some wildlife and I was just surprised at how much litter was just in the small stretch of the road. So I picked all that up, getting together with other people and doing that as well. And the last one is a really lovely one. If you're in a position to do so, foster or adopt a rescued animal that will help you and the animal. Both of your lives will be better for your kindness. Oh, I love it. There were so many uh, great aha moments. And I was just thinking myself then, um, my kids and I have been watching a couple of docuseries on Netflix. So parents listening right now, I highly recommend that you check out Seaspiracy. That one is really quite confronting on the seafood industry uh, worldwide and globally. And my family, you know, I think it's making that commitment um, you know, we've decided not to buy any more canned uh, fish um, and not uh, buy fish unless we've caught it actually um, as much as we possibly can. And I think, you know, just those small shifts, uh, we've made a commitment also to reduce the plastic in our house and not use straws anymore. And I think, you know, it's just simple things like that and getting your kids on board. That's really, really important. Um, there's another great docuseries though, was Rotten. Um, I don't know whether you guys have heard of that one oh, either, man. but that one's really quite eye-opening on, you know, avocados and chocolate chocolate and wine and um, honey and all of those industries and uh, behind the scenes of those. So I think it's buying local as much as possible as well um, and trying to be as sustainable. And uh, I guess, as you were just saying then, thinking about, you know, those animals and adopting instead of buying um, animals from other places and things like that, if you're looking for a pet, but those 21 tips are really fantastic. Um, so tell me more because you've dedicated your whole life to being kind to animals. Um, so tell me a little bit more about, Edgar's mission, uh, because it is Be Kind to Animals Week, and I want to know why he started that organisation. It really actually started way, way back when I was born. I remember as a small child when I was reaching out to um, Pat, our family cat, uh, Tiny. We had two cats, uh, Blackie and Tiny, and Tiny was really, really affectionate, sweet, and loved cuddles, and Blackie was really kissy. And just those two actually taught me about the individuality of animals. And when I was stretching out to, to Pat's so little kitty cat, and my mum said, be kind. And those wise, sage words have really guided me in all my interactions with animals ever since. And that trajectory has got me where I am today. In 2003, I was working with Animals Australia on a uh, Save Babe campaign. And that was highlighting our flawed animal protection laws. And most people like me take great comfort that our society cares deeply about animals and it's enshrined in legislation. It's not just the preserve of animal lovers to care about them. It's our society. We have a piece of legislation, the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Act. We don't have it for computers or telephones or cutlery, but we have it for animals because we've recognised these animals can suffer as a result of the things that we do great but when it comes to animals we as a society really have been guilty of playing favorites we don't treat animals on their ability to experience the world or want to hang out with their friends or want to be happy we treat animals on the form that they have taken our familiarity we have with that animal and our intended use we have of that animal nothing about who they really are and for all the animals that are farmed for food and fiber they have been actually exempted from that piece of legislation one of the great things about Australia, and we have a lot of great things about this country, but one of the great things is that our laws reflect public thought. They don't drive it. And what that means, we can change legislation when new ideas come along, when kinder ways come along, when science informs us that we need to do better. 
In 2003, this piece of legislation, the Code of Practice for Pigs, was being reviewed. It was a golden opportunity to speak out for pigs, as it just happened that James Cromwell, who played Farmer Hoggett in Bay, was in the country. Great. He wanted to help us. We needed a pig for a photo shoot. Trotted Edgar Allan Pig into my heart and tugged me off in the direction I could never have imagined. The photo shoot went so amazingly well. Uh, we wanted to do an action on the steps of Parliament House. My task then was to teach Edgar to walk on a lead. So down to my local park, I went with my little doggy one side and my pig the other. People came from absolutely everywhere to marvel at Edgar and his unique brand of pigginess. And it was watching people interacting with Edgar, an animal that they had never, ever met before in a park on a lead. That was really screwing things up for them because they weren't used to seeing pigs in this environment. Pigs being fun, clean, joyous. You know, I remember people rubbing his tummy. Like, oh, he's so cute. He's so fun. He's better than my boyfriend. And that got me thinking that the very best ambassadors for changing the way people think about these animals who are farmed for food and fibre were the animals themselves. While I could speak to their minds, it could just oint his way into their heart. And that was where Edgar's mission really grew from there. It grew and grew, literally like Edgar Allan Pig grew. He was this tiny little pig and he ended about three or 400 kilos. So that was going well. That was 2003. And then that was this great you new know, every day we're advocating for animals. But I wanted to just hone in on that. How could we just really have a concentrated time? We could really start this conversation about what does kindness mean for animals? And that was where the idea of this dedicated week, Be Kind to Animals Week, October 1 to 7. And I picked that week for, um, it's got quite a few important dates there. It's got World Animal Day. It's got the feast day of St. Francis of Sissy, the um, patron saint of animals. We can have a conversation in this week with family and friends about what kindness really means for animals. You still got to be kind all the other days of the year. You don't get it that easy. You're just got to be extra kind and be kind to animals week. Yeah, I love it. And I totally, totally, utterly agree. Um, if I could have, you know, I would love to have rescue animals all around me, but I don't think my husband would allow it. So one thing at a time. <laughs> um, now, Animals and emotions, obviously, you know, I know dogs get a bit sooky and, you know, you see um, different behaviours in animals. So tell me about more about their emotions and, and, you know, do you think all animals have emotions? That, that's a really good question. And just before we, we start that, it's really important to remind people that we are animals too. So many people like to think we are apart from the animal kingdom, but we really are a part of the animal kingdom. We, we are animals too. And that's why we actually include, you know, be kind to, to humans in our 21 steps to kindness is to remind people that we are part of the animal kingdom. If you look at the, you know, the evolution of humanity and how we've got to where we are today, it's only been the last few thousand years in the evolution of how long that we've been on this planet that we actually enjoy the, the things that we do today and so if you look at that there's this commonality that goes through all the species you know Charles Darwin recognized this that animal emotions serve us and animals well to help us experience um, our, our environments to actually survive you know they, they're what link us all together you know for, for years and years and years scientists actually denied this because it was very very hard to quantitatively measure emotions you, you know you can't pop them under the microscope or you can't you know measure measure them with a measuring stick but we actually have found that through um, measuring you know blood parameters and those sorts of things and, and studying um, brains you can actually you can actually get inside there and realize that what we see on the outside is just a hint of what is going on the inside of the animal as well and this is these emotions really connect us together and they give our life meaning and purpose and anyone who has a cat a cat or a dog will readily agree yes they have emotions their emotions are, are rich and wonderful and they express very much the same ways that we humans do. 
yes, my dogs are very, very needy and demanding. Um, <laughs> sometimes you don't know whether it's nurture or nature, though. Sometimes it's your fault that uh, <laughs> my dog sees the hand and she has to like literally claw it. So she's trained me very, very well. Um, now, what about knowing how your pet is feeling? Is there a way to know how they're feeling at all besides intuition? Absolutely. Just, just stop. And actually, um, we often talk about the golden rule, you know, treat others how you like to be treated. And I don't think that's quite right because actually it's really, we should treat others how they want to be treated. Um, take me, for example, I love chocolate. Now, if you went and shoved chocolate into all the animals' mouths, they'd run for a mile. But if you do it to me, you'd be damn awesome. So it's actually thinking about what they want in the world and how they experience this. Um, fear. We see fear in animals. Fear is, is self-preservation. You know, if an animal cowers from you, you know, we cower, we shrink down and we do that for good reasons because we need to shut down those extra things that we don't need to be doing in our life. And so we shut down as a matter of self-preservation. So if an animal is cowering from you, it's telling them they're fearful. If they're coming towards you, they're telling them they're curious, they're opening a dialogue uh, of conversation with you. And it's one of the things that I see so often rescuing farm animals and these lessons that I learned in my childhood with, with the animals there. And I had a, a, a career in equestrian with horses for many many years and I didn't realize then that I was actually learning so much about animal behavior that serves me very well today you know if uh, my horse was grumpy I, I'd run the risk of getting bitten um, stood on or bucked off so it pays you actually to learn about these emotions that the animals are, are feeling you know you'll see excitedness in face your eyes eyes open delight but eyes too open can be in fear as well because they need to take in what's happening around them so there are other cues that we need to read from these animals as well you know tail wagging um, we think it means they're happy but it can also mean other things depending on the position that the tail is in so so it really is actually taking time to what those emotions means. But there's so many cues there. If we actually take the time to read them, we can have better rewarding relationships for the animals um, and ourselves as well. Is there anywhere um, that you can tell us it's a great place for us to learn more about different animals and their behaviours and how we can sort of, I guess, learn the body language of animals? Is there any sort of resources or anything like that that you can recommend? Oh, shame may be a good one for this one, but like I just, I just love the internet and um, books. You know, reading. Um, there's a lot of animal behaviors out there, and this is something that's only you know evolved in the last probably decade or so. You know, animal behaviors wasn't something that we heard so much about, but you know, animal behaviors are out there with uh, in dog training, and dog training is something that's seen a, a huge evolution of change happening. Whereas when I grew up, alas, fear-based training was what we saw a lot. You know, we could get animals and horses uh, to do things based on fear and domination. It was one of the things that sat very uneasy in my mind. I remember when I was riding my horse and one of my instructors, um, their logic was that, you know, if the horse wouldn't go somewhere, you, you flog them so hard that they were more scared of you than they were of where you wanted them to go. I couldn't do that. I actually remember I was ridiculed by a lot of my peers because I, I wouldn't use a whip. I always wanted the horse um, to go where I wanted them to go because he wanted to do that. And I think those relationships, when we come to that understanding, so it is, you know, looking at uh, seeking out an animal behaviourist, and there are lots of animal behaviourists out there today who actually um, work on compassion and, and kindness rather than this fear-based training. Unfortunately, there are still some fear-based trainers out there. So really do your homework. If you have animals in your world and you're caring for them, look for the ones that are compassionate and kind. And there are lots of them out there. Um, on the internet to find out about read reviews you know checking with Shay I'm sure she can find you some in your area but there is really really important they actually use compassion and kindness and not that fear-based domination training um, out there. I will flick over to Shay just for a moment so Shay just 
have you got any further feedback on that question that um, just to add more to the juiciness that we just got then? No, Pam's 100% right. Um, the, the main thing when working too with animals is having a really, really good understanding of what operant conditioning means. So, um, which is, you know, it sounds maybe a little bit jargon, but essentially when we're working with animals, um, there are a lot of different methods out there, as Pam said, but um, fundamentally you want to have a really good understanding of, what, of operant conditioning, which is what we, uh, most trainers are using um, over the years. And positive reinforcement is a form of operant conditioning, but uh, there, is, there, there are tremendous amounts of um, resources out there about um, conditioning animals or working with animals. And uh, one of the ones that I learned myself when I started working with animals was um, I had a, a book that was like my Bible really in the beginning, and it's called um, Don't Shoot the Dog by Karen Pryor. No, that's a funny title, but um, it's it actually gives you a really good understanding on um, how you can shape behaviour and doing it in a positive way and gives you an understanding of um, your how you treat um, not only animals but also people. So you can actually read this book and it teaches you how you can get your husband to pick up his socks off the ground without, <laughs> without actually telling him to do it. So um, that's one that I actually really do like. I think it's, um, it explains it in a very um, simple terms for anyone who can get that book and read it. It's been around for many, many years. I read it back in the, 19, in the late 1990s or 96, I think. So, um, but, yeah, I think Pam's right. Just uh, do your homework. Look at what there's resources all over the place, and just um, and just be uh, and go with go with your gut too. If you if you think something's not right in in um, how an animal is being treated or working with an animal a certain way, you, you're probably right. So um, so yes, yeah, so that's um, there are there's like I said, there's just plenty of resources there for everyone to have a look. So um, yeah. Do a search. Now, I love that. So don't shoot the dog book. And if it helps you get your husband and children to pick up their socks, it's well worth the investment. Uh, and if it helps your animals, that's awesome too. Yeah. Um, so my final question is, how can people get involved, um, especially this week um, with uh, this, yeah, Benefits of Kindness Week? Jump on our website, BeKindToAnimalsWeek.org and sign the kindness pledge there. We are aiming to get to 5,000 pledges. We were nearly hitting 4,000 last night. So hopefully we're going to exceed that. It's it's really wonderful, these opportunities to speak uh, about Be Kind to Animals Week because it's being so richly embraced um, around the country. We're doing lots of interviews and it's really raising awareness out there. Unfortunately, in Victoria, we have been impacted by COVID. So a lot of the speaking engagements have had to be cancelled. But the Words still getting out there, so that's that's really good. Jump on the website, be kind to animalsweek.org.au, and there's so much information there. I love it. Um, and also obviously the 21 steps of kindness, they can find that on the website as well. Absolutely. So the kit is there, and you can also um shoot us an email and we'll post them out as well. But the kit you can download it yourself as well. So awesome. Any parting words, Shay and Pam, about how we can uh you know help with the be kind to animals week? Make sure it's a bit of a teaser for those other days of the year. I'd just like to leave with our philosopher here at Edgar's Mission, and that is if we could live happy and healthy lives without harming others, why wouldn't we? If you use that in every decision that you make and every thought that you have, the world is going to be a better place for it. 
I really love that mission. Thank you so much uh, for inspiring us all uh, to be kinder. Even if we think we're kind, I'm sure we can all be kinder. I don't think you can ever be too kind, um, especially to all the animals on the planet. And as you said, that includes the human variety as well. Lovely. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you want to be an expert guest or you've got a weird, wacky or wonderful product to share, don't be shy. Get in contact with our team at info at pacmag.com.au. This podcast is proudly produced by PacMag. You can listen to more episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au.